we are with our brothers and sisters in Israel, certainly in our thoughts and prayers, but I hope in a more practical manner as well, as we think of creative ways to demonstrate our support and to actually support our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. Rabbi Sam Klibanoff is the spiritual leader. He is the rabbi of Congregation Eitz Chaim. He is uh, welcoming us this morning to his beautiful congregation. Uh, minutes before Shacharis starts, before their daily minion commences, Rabbi Klibanoff, thank you for welcoming us, and welcome to you, to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Glad to have you here, finally. Finally is right. Here we are in Livingston at Eitz Chaim. We've talked about this show for quite a while, and it's finally materialized, thank God. Uh, the Lord has his ways, and we're just ones to follow. Yeah, it's nothing, uh, no such thing as coincidence. So it's eight years for you at the helm of this congregation. Uh, and I'm wondering what you thought on day one, what you thought about the possibilities of the growth of this community and the involvement in Jewish causes that this congregation had displayed up until that point, but the potential for the future when you first started. Well, when we came here eight years ago, um, it was a big move for our family. Our oldest daughter was going into eighth grade, which you can imagine is a difficult transition for any young woman. She's now, by the way, in Israel studying in yeah. Herzliya, in a bomb shelter in, in Herzliya of all places. So, uh, you know, that's all on our minds now, and, you know, this yeah. is almost, almost secondary. But um, we knew it was an incredible opportunity uh, career-wise for our family, education-wise for our children. And I didn't really know, I didn't grasp the enormity of the involvement in the Jewish community that the membership here has. And it has definitely uh, made an effect on me. Um, it's led me to take more leadership positions in the Jewish world. And um, it's just something that we are incredibly, incredibly proud of. And, you know, our humble little shul here, um, I call it kind of like the, the Chihuahua shul. It's tiny but mighty. <laughs> <laughs> if I could steal a phrase from Hollywood. But, uh, but you know what? We, we, we quietly, in our own way, uh, we have a very, very huge impact uh, on what happens in all over the Jewish world. There are certain organizations and causes um, that when one gets involved with them formally, uh, they can make a big difference. The reason I say it like that is there are many people in this audience, rightfully so, who always think everything has to be at a grassroots level, who always think that when one joins the quote-unquote establishment or established causes and organizations, they won't accomplish as much. You are a testimony, and your congregation is testimony to the opposite, that when one does get involved in established communities or established organizations, I should say, uh, they can affect change, and they could bring really positive messages and positive growth to those groups. With that in mind, did you walk in here to the congregation Eitzchayim with a vision of doing more with JNF, of doing more with Israel Bonds, of doing more with IDF organizations, or has this just been you know, an evolving uh, process over the years? Well, my focus when we came here was the shul, and that's always my main focus. Is Obviously, it's the shul and the community, but as a, in Gemara Lash, you might say, Mimela, or it was a natural outgrowth of our involvement here is being involved in other organizations, which, by the way, was something that was stated at the outset that that's something that is important here in the shul, right. uh, to be involved in other organizations and to encourage that. And indeed, we have. Um, but obviously, by focusing on the membership and growing our membership and making sure that our shul can be the best that it can be, 
a natural outgrowth of that, as I said, is being involved in other organizations. And there are many, and I've, uh, whether it's here in Israel, all over the world, um, I've had the opportunity to travel to Israel many times with organizations as a result of our involvement, uh, to have impactful uh, meetings in Washington, D.C., let's say, uh, with our lawmakers. And as you mentioned, the uh, APAC alert that was sent out, that was mm -hmm. sent out to our shul, and everybody signed it, and, and, and they said that even Senator Menendez's line was uh, not taking messages anymore. Um, because good of to that. hear. So, yeah, that's very good. So this is um, this is just part of, of who we are, what we do. But uh, when I came in, you know, I, I my focus was let's let's work on the shul. The rest the rest came uh, soon after. All right. So tell me about the shul. I mean, we know there's a daily minion. It sounds like based on, based on what you told me off the air that there's serious adult education here. Uh, we know that there are always special guests coming in, not just to teach, but to you know spread positive messages when it comes to Torah study. I mean. I would assume that that's at a much higher level than when you first started. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. We've, we have tried to put our finger on the pulse of the congregation and the needs of the congregation. And not every program is for every group. So first it takes a while to understand who we are, figure out our identity. And once we have a good handle on that, now we can figure out, well, this, this is how we get our community to grow together collectively and to be better and through educational programming, through uh, activism programs. But really, the, the most important thing is that when someone comes into shul, and it's something as simple as greeting someone you don't know, which, sad to say, is something you have to tell people to do. Yeah, it's not commonplace. Here, you don't have to tell people to do that. Um, and people have all different types of backgrounds, different levels of education, different levels of observance, but that's never a deterrent for anyone to come into shul and to feel comfortable. Uh, and we try our very best. Um, obviously, this is, you know, we, we, we have our, our, our principles and we have our uh, kind of ways of doing things. But ultimately speaking, we want everyone to feel welcome here. When I spent Shabbos here years ago, which I still thank you for, I remember the Friday night dinner here was very familial. It was a very close-knit group. I know a lot of shuls can say that, thank God. But it was, it was obvious to me that there was a, uh, a, a real feeling of camaraderie here in the congregation. That, that happens to be probably, if I had to put in top three uh, most attended favorite programs that we ever run on a regular basis is the Friday night dinners. When you could have 200 people in our beautiful uh, ballroom just celebrating Shabbos together. And that's actually one of the things we've missed greatly from COVID. Mm -hmm. We're first having, we're going to have our big fundraiser. It's going to be outdoors. But the, the theme is everyone getting back together. Uh, on June 9th. So that's really an incredible opportunity for us. And people are really looking forward to that event because they just want to be together. It's people who just like spending time together. Um, it doesn't matter if there's, there's a guest speaker, there's not a guest speaker. Even if there's no guest speaker, just to come together for Friday night dinner, families, children, and people step up and volunteer and set it up. Kids have a great time. And it's just a, a, we love, we love having those. June 9th, that's happening. It's in regular outdoor barbecue. And people have an opportunity to reunite if they haven't reunited yet. It does seem like there's some, some action here. It does seem that there's uh, uh, plenty of members who have returned and your daily minion is strong. So thank God COVID, COVID didn't defeat Eitz Chaim, that's for sure. Not at all. We just, we just found ways to adapt. 
Um, so obviously when we were closed uh, up until June 4th, um, we found ways of reaching everyone, obviously, digitally. Right. Um, we couldn't have in-person Minion. And then once we resumed on June 4th, we were outside most of the time. We have a beautiful uh, tent in the, back, in the backyard on our back patio. Uh, we came inside for Shabbos. We followed every regulation to the T with masking, distancing, uh, all sort of sanitary regulations, and slowly but surely following the regulations of our governor, um, who has been incredible, really, with the Houses of Worship here in New Jersey. And now we're, we're at no limitations virtually. Um, we still follow them. You know, just because we're allowed doesn't mean we do it. Right. And we try to find the level, the highest level that makes everyone comfortable, because obviously there are going to be different sides of, uh, of every coin in, in the COVID issue. But we have had every single week more and more people. We've been able to have simchas, bar mitzvahs. We had a, a, a you'll see Samantha Migdal's coming in. Her son's bar mitzvah was two weeks ago, Pashas Emor. And we had almost 200 people safely spaced in the sanctuary because we could open it up and go into the ballroom. And we had uh, an incredible, incredible simcha. We just resumed Kiddush. Oh. Which is a big deal. Oh yeah, uh, you know. So you know, the, the favorite three words that you could hear is "kiddush following services," <laughs> right? So, uh, but we we we've we've actually become. I think we've become stronger because of COVID. Rabbi Klibanoff is here. He's greeting us as we kick off our show from Congregation Eitz Chaim here in Livingston. And finally, for this segment, you know what's going on in Israel. Um, some of us are somewhat removed from Israel because it's been a while since some of us have been. To Israel, you did mention your family there now. So, what are your thoughts as uh, Israel goes through these challenging times? Uh, first of all, it, it it pains me the most that I can't go. Right. In normal situations, I actually have people have called me Rav Milchama because whenever there was a war or rockets going, I was on a plane going. So I here, think we actually met there. At that yes, time, yeah. yes, we did. Right. And and uh, I used to go with the Adaliezer always. Right. Uh, I spoke yesterday with Mark Provisor from One Israel Fund, right. and he knows like to call us and we want to get something done. And I would go with our friend here, Alan Shaw. We would just hop on a plane and go. So that's A, is I, I feel horrible that I'm so disconnected. But at the same time, we have to do our part here in Chutz Laaretz to get people to understand, to get the right message out there, um, to daven, uh, to understand what's going on, and to understand the plight of people who... By the way, I've heard stories of people in Tel Aviv who don't have bomb shelters in their buildings, right, so they have right. to go to Ranana, they have to go to other places, other cities, and they're not just not used to this. And, you know, we can't get used to it ever. We can't get too familiar with saying, oh, people have to run away from bombs. Um, and we have to use our voices, and especially with our lawmakers, I think is, is, is so crucial. And if people haven't done so, they really, really should. That's why the APAC alerts are so vital and why everybody has to get involved. Do what you can, everybody, whether it's taking to the streets like many did last night in many cities in the diaspora or whether it's contacting APAC uh, and finding out how you can uh, directly speak to your uh, uh, representatives and uh, U.S. senators or whatever the case might be. Get as involved as possible. Ask your own rabbi about what the, your congregation is doing uh, to advance the support for Israel. Rabbi Klobodov will speak more later, and I thank you for greeting us here, and it's great to be here. here. And it's Congress great to have you here. Uh, you guys look incredibly uh, comfortable and well-placed here in our shul. Nice. Okay. There you go. We're going to have to check out Livingston, New Jersey, everybody. That's right. As we're doing this morning right here at JM in the 